You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is my interview with the cinematographer for A Hidden Life, Jorg Widmer. Remember the day when we first met? I remember that motorcycle, my best dress. You looked at me, and I knew how simple life was then. What's happened to our country? We're killing innocent people, raiding other countries, preying on the weak. If our leaders, if they're evil, what does one do? You have a duty to the fatherland. The church tells you so. You cannot say no to your race and your hope. You are a traitor. I can't swear loyalty to Hitler. I can't. Do you think your defiance will change the course of things? If God gives us free will, we're responsible for what we do, what we fail to do. can't do what I believe is wrong. <laughs> we have to stand up to evil. Whatever you do, I'm with you always. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. I am your host, Matt Neglia. And today I'm being joined by the cinematographer for the new Terrence Malick film, A Hidden Life, York Widmer. York, how's it going? Thank you very much. Uh, it's going well. So I'm excited that uh, the movie has become such a great film and so emotionally with such, such an emotional impact. And uh, I'm very happy that it gets such an intense uh, attention by the audience. Yeah. So it was fun to shoot. and it, It's very convincing that if you see that it results in something which is special. I have to agree with you on this because, like, I've always been a big Terrence Malick fan, uh, pretty much ever since I saw his first film, uh, Badlands. And throughout his career, I've always uh, connected a lot with his movies. In in recent years, I thought his movies became a lot more experimental, a little bit more opaque and ambiguous. But with A Hidden Life, he really does seem to be uh, returning to um, some more of the basic storytelling uh, that really connects on a human emotion level uh, with some of his earlier work. So I, I agree with you. I think the film is extraordinarily powerful and it has definitely connected with a lot of people uh, lately. But your your work on this, um, this is uh, not the first time that you've actually worked uh, with Terrence Malick. Uh, y- you've actually um, previously worked uh, as a part of Emmanuel Lebesky's crew, right? I was the operator for the other movies, so it's, this is film number seven now. Wow, that's a lot. It's the first one which I do, which I do as a cinematographer or as a DOP. Mm-hmm. And I was quite excited to get the opportunity because I like Terry already as a friend and as a cinematographer, as a, as a filmmaker anyway. And uh, when he offered me to shoot this, uh, he came and told me about the story which would which would take in Europe 
and it's about these uh, farmers and the idea behind it, why he's so interested in this is that you have so many unnoticed heroes in the world and he wanted to make a, sh a story about somebody who will not end up in the books of history. And uh, But he does something which may not change the course of the world, but uh, the, a lot of his private life, and it's a very courageous decision he has to take, and he does it, and that's uh, because he never reads something in the history books about this. He wants to make, uh, he wanted to make a movie about a person who does. Yeah, and you know, it's also um, very timely as well, whether intentional or not on his part, um, and, and that's a really unfortunate thing, uh, you know, in terms of those connections to modern times and what we're seeing right now um, with some people in that very extreme uh, point of view and how that's really, really playing into, you know, I think sometimes when we watch the film, like I said before, why it's resonating with people is because we're, we're making that bit of a modern connection, even though this film takes place uh, decades in the past. Uh, it's about standing up and dealing according to your convictions and beliefs, and that's just something which people should do nowadays as well. Of course. Therefore, it's, I think it's the story has to have to come out right now, <laughs> right? Yeah. To get this released. So I'm very happy. Now, I'm a cinematography nut. Um, I actually am in a older job I used to have. I used to sell uh, filmmaking equipment, actually. Can you uh, tell for the people that are listening that uh, are also uh, geeks uh, when it comes to rigs, uh, what uh, equipment you use to shoot A Hidden Life on? So, or, uh, by supporting rigs, it's uh, very simple. It's a slider, steady cam, handheld, and uh, sticks. When it comes to cameras, it's a digital camera. So it's the first uh, film which Terry shoots on digital, which uh, was a decision made by out of uh, of the visual impact because we shot in a couple of scenes shot digitally and uh, for, uh, for this as a kind of test, and he embraced it immediately and mm -hmm. the chance to let the camera roll until you get the result or let the camera roll, roll when it happens and also to make post-production so much easier. This was uh, kind of convincing. So we shot it on a red dragon uh, in the winter part on a red helium. Hello, this is Gary Chahot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present if you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because... The news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. 
Now, I, I've held a Steadicam before, and uh, I've had a rig like strapped to my body. Those things are really, really hard to uh, operate uh, for long, extended periods of time. And I can only imagine that when Terrence Malick gets the opportunity, like you said, to shoot digitally, oh my, we can just let the camera roll? So <laughs> I'm wondering for you, like, how long uh, were some of these takes sometimes? Because I can imagine with his shooting style, he could probably shoot all day, all day long. <laughs> yeah, there's a limit to that, which limits you to, I think the longest we shot was, was 43 minutes. With a steady hand. Oof, it's man. Kind of wow. In the mountains and go hill, uphill, downhill. It's not such a big deal if you do it in the flat area. But it's still 43 minutes. Is, you shouldn't do it all the time. So, in, in, so average is what, <laughs> 15 minutes, 10 minutes. But it doesn't really count because also for the handheld, it's uh, quite demanding if you hold the camera up for so long. As long as the scene is told and as long as you get and achieve what you usually wouldn't achieve because you give the actors uh, the chance to be real. So what the actors are told uh, is that they, for the first time they were not acting, they were just uh, uh, being the character. And this is something which you can't achieve by uh, cuts all the three minutes or all two minutes and to just go again. So it, it really happens. And it was very playful. This gives you the opportunity to be playful and to explore and to experience uh, real life. And this, therefore, it's so important to have more time to, to roll the camera. Yeah, and you can also catch those spontaneous moments uh, that can just happen by accident, especially when you're shooting out in natural conditions. You know, you talked about being up in the mountains. Can you talk to me about um, what it was like shooting in natural light and uh, within those uh, weather conditions uh, within nature? Uh, you have to embrace weather. You have to embrace nature. You have to embrace sunlight. And you have to follow the rules, kind of. So if the sun is shining, you have to find your positions, which uh, gives you the light which you like to have. So it's yeah. rather not being uh, having the sun in your back and have, having weird shadows in the faces of the actress and giving some depth of by choosing the right places to shoot on. So the, with Terry, it's, um, as you may know, he's very experienced in, in visual um, and the visual terrain. So you have a good, very good collaborator with Terry because he's always embraced if it looks good and as long as it's, the, tourist, the story is told. And therefore, it was kind of easy. So if you shoot, uh, if the sunlight is too harsh, you find a place where you're covered by trees or you have something, uh, you're in a building halfway in, and so you can still perform the scene, uh, but you have also visually interesting stuff. So when you, um, when you see the sun beams uh, coming through, or the beacons coming through the uh beams of the farmhouses and it looks beautiful, then you take the moment and shoot it right then. And therefore, it's, mm -hmm. uh, if you use the natural light wisely, you can achieve a lot of stuff. And especially if you go, if you deal with kids, then because you have also to catch them, then just to find the right position for your camera and some, then follow them as much as you can, but never change too much of the direction that it looks uh, not that, that, that you lose the mystery, so you should keep try to keep the mystery. Right. And if it rains, it rains. So you just shoot in the rain. <laughs> and like you said, you got to just embrace it, right? Yeah. No, and, and you have to. 
So we have had, had always the rain deflector with us. Only be prepared so you can swing even up angle if it's raining. And you can, what we did with the kids when, I don't, I think you saw the movie. So if the kids are playing in the rain, this is, was possible because we just used the, used the rain deflector and could follow them wherever they went. Yeah. You know, a lot of people um, are still to this day, I think, trying to figure out Terrence Malick because he's notoriously uh, very recluse. He doesn't do interviews, doesn't really comment necessarily on the work that gets put up on the screen. So a lot of times when we interview people that are affiliated with his films, we're trying to get our best understanding of how he works and how he operates. This being your first collaboration with him as a cinematographer, like you said, uh, can you give us any insight into how Terrence Malick communicates his vision to you and specifically that vision for what he wanted with A Hidden Life? First of all, the reason why Terrence doesn't like to, to talk too much about uh, his visions with the uh, so giving interviews is probably, and it is only estimate, that he doesn't want people to look through the films. He wants to look at those. He doesn't want to, them to look at the films as a piece of made uh, artwork and you look oh this is this is one of the secrets and this is second secret and then you instead of looking through the film and letting be guided by the story and not giving and he doesn't want to have too much attention to his person but rather to the films which I completely understand so about them if he, he, right. he doesn't want to uh, publicly tell too much about the how it's made and because there's not such, not such a secret behind it it adds almost to like his legendary status in a sort of way though you know it, it's like we're almost yeah. looking at him like he's this mythical being who happens to make these gorgeous films and nobody seems to know you know the intention or the reason why sometimes and that kind of adds to the mysticism yeah. if you will you know it's like part of the part of the part of the package that mm. is terence malick that's what makes him special. Yeah, but but what you would see if you if you would come to set, then it's kind of unspectacular mm-hmm. because you would see oh what's happening here. It's like the real life. What what are they doing here? So if you are lucky, there will be a, a light out and there will be some tools to make rooms darker or to get the right light direction. But apart from that, you see a camera and that's it, and everything yeah. else looks like in real life. And that's one of the secrets that it's just capturing real life, that it's um, about embracing the moment which happens and, and follow it. And not, not about, I mean, it's in a way it's set up because there's a script and they have your actors and you have them to have the actors available. They have the right tools so that they can perform what they have to do. And then they have their tools to probably harvest, but it's all happening like almost like magic because uh, they are in the spirit of the script and then he lets go. And that's this amazing amount of freedom for the actors, for the prop masters, for the production designers, for everybody. It's just getting it set up and then let go. I think this is not really, uh, it's not a recipe which you can follow easily, but it's the way it works. It's, It's like magic on set. That's really, really nice to hear. And like you said, magic, that's a good way to describe it, I think. I think his films are very magical. They cast a spell over the viewer when they watch it. You get transported, hypnotized, dream, whatever it is that it inspires within all of us. And um, I love that his films are very layered in that sense. Uh, When it comes back to you, 
what else do you have coming up that we can uh, pay attention to as far as your work is concerned? Any uh, projects down the uh, pipeline? <laughs> There's, uh, I'm shooting a, uh, an Albanian movie, which I saw as a first rough cut yesterday, which is pretty interesting. About It's about uh, Albanian women, which is public doesn't happen so much, especially in the old days. Uh, it's uh, with an Albanian director, we are Almani, and it's uh, with an Albanian cast, and it's shot in Albanian, so I can't really follow the, sto- uh, the discussions when they happen in Albania, but it's very interesting. In this country, which is not necessarily uh, yeah. Eldorado for filmmaking, so it's a kind of unknown part of Europe, and it's very interesting. Also, from it, it's Plays until 1993 when Enver the dictator of, of Albania, was still in, in office. So it's a very interesting part of Albanian history. So this is a movie, and, mm. and apart from this, I look very much forward to, to the release of uh, Hidden Life in the US and later in Europe, how people will like it. Yeah. Well, so far the reception has been pretty kind. Uh, the film is called A Hidden Life. It is being released by Fox Searchlight on December 13th, 2019. Jorg, uh, your work is pretty extraordinary on the film. It's one of the most exquisitely beautiful uh, films that I have seen this year. And I appreciate you taking the time to uh, chat with me a little bit about it today. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. You have a very nice day. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to my interview with Jorg Widmer, the cinematographer for Terrence Malick's new film, A Hidden Life, now playing in theaters from Fox Searchlight. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening as always, and we shall see you all next time. You've watched them in unforgettable adventures, love affairs, and tragedies. Now it's time to hear their own remarkable stories. From the makers of Death of a Rockstar and Death of a Sports Star, this is Death of a Film Star. Starring Heath Ledger, Marilyn Monroe, Chadwick Boseman, Robin Williams, Carrie Fisher, and Bruce Lee. Search for Death of a Film Star in your podcast app. You've seen them tell stories. Now it's time to tell theirs.